0: We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line and uh, welcome in the head coach of the of Montana State University's football team, Jeff Choate. Coach Choate, thanks so much for being here. Uh, obviously, uh, an interesting you know space of time here where you're back in school and you have some practice time, but you don't have games that you're preparing for. What are you doing with the team right now with the time that you do have together?
1: Yeah, a little Ferdian slip there at the beginning. I, I don't think I, I thought you were going to tell me I was working in Montana. We'll
0: like, we'll, we'll edit that out. We'll edit so, that out. It's yeah. pre-record. It's all good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I know where you guys bread is better, better up there, you know, but, but you know, if you come to Bozeman, we're about ready to grow past Missoula. So you might want to think about having a blueprint down here
0: too. We'll see what we could do. Uh, you know, I'm I'm open. I'm a, if I can afford a house or maybe even a trailer in Bozeman, then I might I might think about making the move. I
1: don't think it's the Missoula. The Missoula's about the same, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's 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 going sideways here too.
1: So anyway, um, get back to the actual question. Sorry about that. Got off track. Um. So it's it's an interesting time in that we really don't even have a landmark for a hey, what does the spring season look like yet? So there's no date that you're working towards. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide some stability in terms of our kids' schedule, our routine, because that was the thing that was so difficult for them throughout the course of the summer is, hey, we're up, we're down, we're out with COVID, we're in again, you know, and it was very difficult for them to kind of find their flow. And so what we kind of committed to was while the weather's good outside, about the first month, we're going to do everything outside. We're not going to get into the weight room. You know, We can do a lot of – things outside that are physical conditioning type things. We can get in some practice time um, and we can do some team building like we did this morning. And so uh, that's kind of what we're doing is keeping the routine uh, or the uh, the schedule the same and then kind of changing the stimulus so nothing gets too stale. And then starting on the 14th, we'll kind of go into about a six-week training block in the weight room. And that's kind of pending what the Football Oversight Committee does because they may come out with some version of fall-spring ball type of thing, um, and and when we don't know what that looks like yet, so right now our job is to keep the, the the schedule the same for these guys, change the stimulus, keep it fresh, have a little bit of fun, do a little bit of ball. Um, but we're only going three days a week right now. We're going Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday until we get to the 14th.
2: A story I wrote yesterday for Skyline Sports uh, was just about North Dakota State. Scheduling this game on October third and how that sort of sends them into in-season mode up until that game and allows them quite a bit more practice time than what the regulations are for the teams like you guys that aren't playing this fall. What do you think of that dynamic? Is that a big advantage that NDSU has?
1: Absolutely, and and, and that's what's so frustrating about what we've done here is we've allowed everybody to it's kind of every man for himself, you know, and so um, not only for um, not only for for uh, North Dakota State but for Central Arkansas, Austin P. Jacksonville, some of these other FCS programs that are playing. What I really wanted us to do was to move in unison as, a, as the FCS level. Hey, we're all doing this. We're all either going to play, we're not going to play. And that kind of frustrated me, to be honest with you, that the Big Sky Presidents decided that we couldn't play non-conference games. Because I think there's places like, like Montana and Montana State where we would have liked to have done that, and we can do it, I think, even if we've got to go travel somewhere to do it. And who knows where we're going to be at in another month, month and a half. And so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's totally, a, quite honestly, it's kind of absurd how we're going about doing this, where it's just everybody do whatever you want, you know. But, yeah, hey, North Dakota State getting a month and a half of practice, yeah, that, that, that's not good. We didn't get spring ball. We didn't get any, you know, we got four practices in August before we shut it down. So you're right on, man. It's, it, it's, it's not equitable and it makes no sense to me. Either we're all playing by the same set of rules or we're not.
0: And then, Coach, so am I hearing it correct, too? You don't even have the option to schedule a game if you wanted to. If, if you and Leon and even in uh, Wadad were able to get together and do that, this is a mandate that's, that's conference-wide that there will be no games in, in the non-conference this fall?
1: That's what I, I received an email basically indicating that the, um, the, original, uh, the original recommendation was that they would allow teams to play some non-conference games if they had the capability to do that. And then the presidents got back together and, and essentially said, no, hey, we're all going to be playing by the same set of rules in the Big Sky Conference, meaning that nobody's going to play uh, so that nobody gets competitive advantage over one another. And yet here, now we're going to have the Missouri Valley that's going to maybe do one here. You're going to have the Southland. You're going to have uh, the Ohio Valley. You're going to have all these other conferences that are actually doing that. And so it's a mess. And, and uh, um, it's going to be difficult for us, I think, to get back on track. I don't know how you say, yeah, you can go practice football. The only way to get better at football is by playing football. And so it's really tough, and it's going to be really tough, I think, uh, for places that uh, could do it, which I think we could have done it. I really believe that. I mean, I know there's still some restrictions both in Missoula County and Gallatin County, but I think if if we'd have gotten to October and left that door open, we could have done it. And, uh, and this, this mandate that the presidents of the Big Sky decided was – I mean, I understand why they did it, because there's a lot of places where they weren't going to be able to do it. But it's still frustrating.
2: No question. On Friday night, two FCS teams – I guess Saturday night, two FCS teams squared off. Austin, P, a team you guys played last year in the playoffs against Central Arkansas. Yeah. Did you get a chance to watch the FCS kickoff?
1: Heck no. I got better things to do on a Saturday night than watch that. <laughs> well, look,
2: <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Jeff. You didn't, you didn't miss any, you didn't miss anything because. Um... You could tell that the guys, it hadn't been the same training regimen leading up to it. You could tell guys were rusty. They weren't. didn't look like they were in as good a shape. There was no flow. I mean, 2,000 people in a 25,000-person stadium, it wasn't great. So um, I guess I was exchanging texts. Right
1: is that what you're telling me?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah you, you made the right choice for sure because <laughs> I was exchanging some texts with some coaches around the Big Sky, and they were all saying same thing the motion and the, the, the uh, atmosphere of college football is so important to the kids in the game. So I was just – to me it reaffirmed how important it is to play in front of fans. So, I mean, do you think that's part of the ultimate goal for, for your program and other programs that do have uh, that sort of uh, atmosphere that, that, that exists is, is getting back to the point where you can play in front of people?
1: I think not just from a standpoint of the player's experience, but from athletic department survival. I mean, let's, you know, there's a reality there that I think that people are aware of, but we don't talk about as much. And um, we have to. Montana State has to play football in front of fans. Montana has to play football in front of fans. There's some programs in the big sky that are so heavily subsidized by the state that that's not necessarily true. But in our particular instances, it is.
0: Jeff Choate joining us, Montana State head football coach on the ESPN Roundtable. And coach, we know that uh, things like recruiting have also taken a very different turn. And I know you're doing a lot of remote stuff and kind of walking kids on Zoom calls around campus and things like that. But I know for you and your program, you're you're very invested in the types of people that you get, the, the, the person, the personality and so on with these kids. Do you think that there's going to be – how difficult is it to assess that stuff remotely without being able to be in person? And do you think that there's potential where you could have – uh, you know, get a kid on campus and go, whoa, this isn't quite what we thought it was going to be?
1: I think there's always that possibility. Uh, it certainly isn't an exact science. Uh, you're going to have misses from time to time. and There's going to be things that aren't the right fit once you actually kind of get boots on the ground for an extended period of time for those kids. And so that's why, it see, like, in our situation, we shifted to basically really um, honing in and valuing the in-state recruits. That was our premium. You know, because those were kids that we had been around. They'd been to our campuses, underclassmen. They'd been on our campuses, underclassmen, and, uh, and, and we knew more about them. We knew their coaches. We knew their families in some instances, and it was just easier for us to kind of take that leap of saying, yeah, I think this guy's going to fit what we're all about here at Montana State. And so that was, a, that was a conscious decision that we made kind of back in March when this whole thing started to turn south. And then the other piece is, you know, I talk to guys all the time, and there's a lot of coaches that are saying, we're not going to bother with recruiting a bunch of high school kids this year. We're just going to recruit off the portal because there's, a, there's still this transfer rule that's hanging over everybody's head that's going to, you know, cause a kind of a purge uh, sometime in January. And so there's, there's, uh, there's some folks that are choosing to just kind of hang in there and add talent and depth to their roster through the portal. And so, um, you know, we made a choice not to do that. We have 16, 17 commits right now. And uh, that's probably where we got to stand pat for a little bit, and so that's uh, until we know kind of what the what the model is going to be when we get to next fall, because this is a zero year in terms of eligibility for everybody in the program. Uh, I think everybody realizes we're not going to be able to carry that many scholarships.
2: I know you can't talk about specific recruits, but in general, do you <laughs> feel like the state of Montana is? Uh, it seems to me, from a broad perspective, that it's it's better than it has been. A lot of really good talent in the state. What's your evaluation just overall? Of high school football prospects in the state of Montana this year,
1: yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment. And I think you know, in my going into my fifth year here, whatever that's going to look like, uh, you know, there's been some really good years, and then there's been some, kind of some lean years. And I think this is one of those really good years. I think there's a there's more uh, FCS, Division One type football players, body types, et cetera, In the state than on an on an average year. I'd say, in an average year, you're probably looking at. You know quite honestly between six and ten at the most uh, whether that be guys that are pulls, that are partials I and mean, then you, you know you're gonna take some you're gonna take some reaches on some guys because you believe in who they are um, and usually they make you look right because if they're not, if they are who you think they are they're gonna they're gonna overachieve and then this year I would say you know you could make an argument that there's as many as fifteen guys uh sixteen seventeen even maybe so and, and who knows and the kid these kids are actually getting to play some football so they're they're going to get some senior film that other people aren't. So I do I do believe I think your assessment's correct that this is a better year than the average year in Montana. You
0: know, Jeff, you used to be a high school coach for many years and then you've been, you know, to the highest reaches of college football as well in your coaching career. Would you look around the state at the high school level how good a job, or what are the strengths that you would you say of the coaches at large in terms of their development of high school players to prepare to play Division one football, and maybe some of the places where uh, they they could use a little more work?
1: Yeah, I think that just throughout the state. I mean, it doesn't matter where you go. I mean, I know they weren't able to have the MCA clinic. We did virtual clinics once a week all through the spring, and I think we averaged around seventy five guys on those uh, virtual clinics. And so that speaks to the commitment that these guys have to their, to their programs and their players. And they, they want to be better. They want to be, uh, they want to bring new ideas. They want to, you know, have best practices in mind. And I think they take a lot of pride in that in this state. And it's, uh, everybody knows everybody. And I think that kind of breeds a certain type of competition and, and a really healthy type of competition, because it's not like you can, you know, hate somebody and never have to see them. You're going to have to sit down across from them a dollar league meeting or, you know, run into them at the grocery store or out on, on, the, uh, on the Madison River fishing or something. And so I think everybody, there's kind of this esprit de corps within the coaching ranks in the state of Montana that I don't know exists a lot of places. A lot of them went to school together, kind of homegrown themselves. And so I think that really leads to, uh, it's not just a football program in Helena or Great Falls or, or, or Dillon or Frenchtown. It's really um, kind of Montana football, if that makes sense, that these guys all take a great deal of pride in Montana football. And uh, they work together to make the game better, and I think that's interesting and unique for uh, for our situation here in the state of Montana. And uh, and you know, kind of on the downside, I think it's just about uh, you know, really, it's about promoting the game. And it's hard sometimes in smaller communities to get youth football going, so or flag football. And uh, and there's so many different ways that kids are pulled nowadays. And I really believe that one of the things I talked about, that football community in Montana, I really think that's one of the things that we're going to have to do from Coach Alec, myself, all the Frontier Conference schools, all the way down to, to six-man football, is we've got to do some things to help preserve this game and keep it, its popularity and its numbers going so that we can have these great classes that are, you know, have a bunch of kids that have an opportunity to go on and play Division One football. And so I think that's, if there's a downside, I think that's, we worked together really well to make the product as good as we can make it. Now let's work together really well to to promote this game and keep our numbers where they need to be.
2: We'll get you out of here on this, Jeff. One thing that I think is really fascinating is you saw the rise to national prominence of first Montana State, at least in the FCS level, in 1984 and then Montana 1995 with their national championship. But those have coincided with Missoula and Bozeman continuing to be such coveted places to live and you've seen a lot of former players now stick around in those communities stick around in the state of Montana in general and when you look at your roster for example I think you got eight maybe nine guys who's either dads or uncles somebody that came before them playing for them I know there's a couple kids now in this class too that have lineages within the programs what do you think of that dynamic and the fact that it seems as if there's even a little bit more guys that maybe have ties to the program, strong ties from a family perspective? How does that impact just recruiting and the way you guys go about uh, maybe getting second-generation Bobcats?
1: Yeah, it doesn't hurt. There's no question. But they're not coming here if there's not a product that they that they look at and go, yeah, that's that's a place that I think I can be happy, successful, productive, and they're committed to being great. And, uh, and you know, I, I do believe this. I think in a state like this, you know, there's going to be years where, hey, you know, these three kids, you can probably, if, if, if both programs are, are highly competitive and doing well, you can say, okay, these three kids are going to Montana, these three kids are going to Montana State, and then you got your toss-up kids that you got to work on, and, and whether it's the academic product or the location or, or uh, their opportunity to play on one side of the ball or the other, there's those other deciding factors. But um, it does mean more, I think, a lot of times when kids have grown up being, wanting to be Bobcats, and, and we've got a lot of those kids in our program. And um, You know, I'll tell you, I go around the country, I talk to a lot of guys, And they're like, how in the heck does a state with barely a million people have two really quality SCS programs in it, and and that both have a great number of Montana kids, and you know I think that's one piece. Kids grow. This means it means a heck of a lot to them. It's like the old SEC says, it just it just means more. It means more to be a Bobcat to these kids that have grown up wanting to be Bobcats, and uh, you know they might not have five stars behind their name when they come out of high school, but they'll work hard. They'll do things the right way, and on Saturday when they get a you know, carry that Montana flag out or have that Montana State across their chest, they're, they're going to represent it the right way, and they take pride in a tough, hard-nosed, brand, blue-collar type mindset, and those guys really fit our program well.
0: Montana State head football coach Jeff Choate on the round table with us. Coach, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it.
1: You bet, guys. Take care.